Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. What's going hey, on? Hey, this is Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. You heard it from the man, the legend himself. Welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, this is episode 5,632. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys know I never keep count. Um, we have a great show uh, tonight. Uh, with a great panel, so without further ado, allow me to introduce that great panel. Uh, first off, Dane, what's going on, Dane? Hi, I like cheese. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, <laughs> uh, what's going on, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. I finally finished Stranger Things too, and oh Woo! my god, that is just amazing, is it not? It's just Top-notch entertainment. Great job, Duffer Brothers. Just want to give them a shout-out. Great job. Uh, they are not paying us for that promotion, so we take that back. I'll edit that out later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, our silent assassin himself, Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? Oh, was I, supposed to, I was being silent for dramatic effect, so... I mean, your title is Silent Assassin, so you, you nailed it. And without further ado, to announce our newest member to the Geek Vibes family and Geek Vibes Live panel, Shannon. What's going on, Shannon? Hey, hello. Thank you welcome. for having me. First show, first time. Absolutely. I want to have a cool nickname. Silent Assassin was really cool. Taken. <laughs> well, we'll definitely get you a nickname, Kanan. Uh, just for Shannon and the listeners, Kanan got that that name because when we do our weekly meetings, Kanan is the only one who just refuses to talk. So <laughs> we just kind of gave him the nickname Silent Assassin because. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really right. you don't talk, talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was really scary. It was really scary. It was like a serial killer kind of vibe. So he got that whole name, uh, Silent Assassin. Uh, but you'll definitely get a nickname soon. Uh, I earned my nickname Medea for obvious reasons. Um, but let's get into the show, guys. Uh, we got some very weird, not breaking news, but some weird cryptic news from uh, Dakri M- Montgomery, who played uh, in the Power Rangers movie and was also in Stranger Things, as Nick was just uh giving praise to them. Uh, Last night, he posted a picture of Nightwing with four dots above the photo on his Twitter and his Instagram. And then about five to ten minutes after that, he uh, completely removed it from all of his social media. Now, because we're in 2017, everyone already screen saved and and saved that shit. So it wasn't like, oh, we missed it. Man, oh, man, we missed that, that huge reveal. But anyway... Social media started to go on fire, you know, thinking that he could possibly be uh, the DCEU's Nightwing. Now, we put out some feelers to Chris McKay. Uh, Kanan actually got a response from Chris McKay, but Chris McKay's actual public statement 
about that Kareem Montgomery's cryptic uh, tweet was, we haven't started the process of casting Nightwing yet, but when we do, you'll hear something because our search will be far and wide. Uh, so that was him saying, listen, we didn't cast anybody, or that was him saying, hey, I wasn't ready to tell anybody we casted anybody yet. Um, also, in the comments of that post that Chris McKay had, someone asked him, do you think pre-production could start next year? He then went to say, yes, I think it can be I think it can, provided the script is crazy great. So I'm assuming the script hasn't even been completed or anything like that. Uh, he also alluded to the fact that it'll be an open casting call uh, for, for Nightwing. Um, so I'll start with you, Dane. What are your thoughts on uh, Montgomery, if he had been casted as Nightwing, and do you have anybody in mind that you'd like to see play Nightwing? Um, at this point, I mean, we've gone over so many names that I kind of just, I mean, as generic as it sounds, I kind of want them just find the perfect person. Uh, but my concept of the perfect person based on Ben Affleck's age and how he's, you know, in his, I think he's 44 in real life. I'm assuming he's supposed to be a little bit older, maybe the same age. What I'm trying to say is he's mid-40s. I like Montgomery a lot in both the Power Ranger movie um, and also I liked his role as Billy in Stranger Things. The kid's 22. Even if you try to, say, age him up or something, say he's 25, he's, he really can't look that much older. And mathematically, I just don't think it works out. Now, if you told me that he was actually playing Red Hood in this movie, like if that was the antagonist, you know, I would be okay with that. Um, I, I wouldn't mind. You know, I think that would, age would be fine. Kind of cancels the possibilities of Tim Drake and Damien for now. But that would make sense. You could have someone in their mid-20s. I think Nightwing, Dick Grayson, needs to be at least 30 or someone at least looks like it. Um, you know, it kind of – I've been realizing that even though I wanted Aaron Taylor Johnson for a while, and I believe he's 27, it just, he, he looks like he's the same age. He looks like he's 19. So it's like, you know, Dick's always been kind of like a, a skinnier-built dude – he kind of has that baby face going on. That's fine. But, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking too hard into it. But just get someone a little bit older that also can be the, the front page, if you will, of your magazine, a.k.a. movie. So that is what I think about that. And I really believe they haven't started casting. And I really believe that he is going to go for a certain age range, but open casting to whoever and pick the best actor based on that. Uh, yeah. Chris McKay is definitely uh, making sure he gets this right. Uh, this is the one movie we haven't heard anything about yet. Uh, you know, of their, you know, their slate of movies, DC slate of movies that's supposed to be coming out in the next three to four years. You haven't really heard anything uh, about it outside of who's going to be directing it. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's usually a good thing. It just means he's taking his time. There's no rush. He's going to figure it out. Uh, Nick, same question. Yeah, I mean, I think the guy could could definitely fit the bill. I mean, as far as Dane's assertion that the the character has to be a certain age, I I somewhat agree with him, um, but I I do um, depart as far as I don't feel like they're as far as how long we've been with Batman to this point. Um, I think uh, Robin could have the original Robin who becomes Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson could have come along at, at any given time before uh, the 
Superman, uh, Man of Steel film. Um, so I feel like he could be a little younger. He doesn't necessarily have to be um, of a certain age uh, as far as old enough. He does have to be – he can't be too young. Um, but I feel like uh, Montgomery kind of could fit that bill. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like that is the person that I would pick. Um, I have only seen him in Stranger Things. And he does a really good job of playing that, like, douchebag character. And he is a very attractive-looking young man. And so he could definitely pull off that kind of vibe as far as Dick Grayson. Uh, He's got the height. He's got, you know, everything that would, as far as physical appearance, to, to fit the bill of that character. I don't necessarily know if he could toe the line on his own film though. Uh, maybe I just, I don't get that from that particular actor. I think there are a couple other people who I would I would pick. Um, Dane has named a few of them in the past. Uh, of course. I, I, yes, because you do that. <laughs> but I, uh, I I don't know. I just, I think he could work I, it, it boils down to this to me. If if Nightwing was going to simply be a supporting character, I could totally see Montgomery playing that character. Because Nightwing is going to be a centrifugal character involved in the the arc and have his own film, I don't know if I would go that route. Um, we'll see what happens. I think given what we know about the director and his his creative uh, brilliance, if you will, I, I think he'll probably go a different route. But uh, time will tell on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with the physical appearance of Dacre. I think, for me, when I'm looking at superhero casting, I'll instantly look at the jawline, the eyebrows, the height, you got to look like it. And I think Dacre definitely has a very, very good look for, for Nightwing. I personally am an amazingly huge Power Rangers fan, so I might be a little bit biased on that uh, decision right there. He was nominated for the Teen Choice Award, you know, in the sci-fi for it. He does do a great job in Stranger Things, too. Um, and when he was preparing for that role, he, he watched Jack Nicholson in The Shining to do that role, so I like the effort to put more of an adult spin on things, which you would definitely need for Nightwing because of his past and everything he goes through from being, you know, just the, the character itself from sidekick to his own hero in his own right. So that makes it very unique of a character to play. So I think he does have a good um, backing with his preparation for Stranger Things. And the Power Rangers, I just love it. I'm sorry. Um, beyond that, I would say, um, I mean, I've fantasized about Joseph Gordon-Levitt ever since, you know, the Dark Knight series, and that's just like a huge pipe dream for me, because I think he looks amazing, but otherwise, not talking about any of those, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think Richard Madden from Game of Thrones would be a pretty good Nightwing, actually. Absolutely. I didn't even like his character on Game of Thrones at first. And he, to me, in that show, he went from what I thought is a younger, kind of naive, 
sort of role and really grew within the series to become a leader. So I think that, to me, really speaks to the character of Nightwing. Plus, he looks, he would look great, too, which is important. Yeah, I also wanted to point out, I was a huge fan of Power Rangers also. So I, I think... I think uh, me and you are the only one of, of strong support uh, of, of Power Rangers. I love Power Rangers. I liked it. Um, I loved it, Dane. Okay? You liked it. I liked I the movie. I didn't like well, Goldar. <laughs> I'm so sad about Goldar, but I loved everything else. That that was a waste of Goldar. I completely agree. I, I will say as far as uh, this this whole Nightwing thing, I think I might be the only one that would prefer an Agent Grayson uh you know, just for like a small arc of the movie, and then maybe you know him getting back into the actual costume. But I'd like, like to get a story of, <laughs> of of Grayson to where you know he that whole story arc he had in the comics with Batman, where you know faked his own death, became Agent Grayson, and stuff like that. I'd really like the the well, arc of that. Um, go ahead. I was going to say the reason why that would work out is because we got to find out. And that's the thing also with the age. I mean, we've got to realize that unless they, and I hope they aren't, I would be pissed off at DC, and I think you guys can all agree with me, if they combined Jason Todd and, and Dick Grayson into one person. So if they didn't do that, and we're believing they're being smart about this, the thing in the case was Jason Todd's costume. He got killed. We're supposed to you know, believe that from BBS. So like in the comics, Dick Grayson's supposed to have an, a fallout with Batman over the fact that Jason died. They don't get along anymore. So if he decided to go into Agent, you know, Grayson, and they did a little bit of that at the beginning of the movie, and he got back involved with his old character and Bruce, maybe because, like I said, Jason Todd comes back on the scene, he's Red Hood, and he knows that, and it kind of, like, correlates like that, I'm fine with it. Um, but, yeah, I love that idea for a beginning of a story, so... Yeah, no, I, I, the, the idea I've always had before I pass it over to you, Kanan, uh, was for them to have a, an arc of him as, you know, as, as Agent Grayson, you know, kind of getting away from the whole Batman, uh, Nightwing persona, just doing his own thing. And then the reason why I think Agent Grayson really works, especially if, and you guys know I'm, I'm not for this at all, but if Ben ever did decide to leave and they killed Batman, um, you know, Grayson, that would be the reason he'd come back. But he'd come back as Nightwing, not yet ready to then embrace being Batman. Of course, we're talking way down the line. Um, but that's just kind of always what I pictured in the back of my head. It's just like a backup plan. Uh, but we'll talk more about what DC's actual backup plan is uh, for a scenario like Ben possibly leaving. Uh, but for now, let's go to our DC resident analyst, Kanan. What are your thoughts? on this whole Nightwing situation? Well, as far as the age thing goes, I think we can kind of throw that out the window because if this was announced a year ago, then it would make sense to have an older or, you know, maybe mid-30s Nightwing because that was Snyder's DCEU. This isn't Snyder's DCEU anymore. This is Jeff John's DCEU. And they're going in a whole different direction and I don't think age is going to matter when Snyder brought Ben on. It's because he wanted an older weary veteran Batman. Um, and I think Jeff Johns and Chris McKay, I think they're going to go with the actor that gives them 
the best performance and will do the role justice. I don't think they're going to look at age anymore because they've already talked about, as far as even the movies go, yes, it will be in the same universe, but they're not going to sandbox it to where it has to include the other elements from the other movies. So, you know, they've already retconned the, the Wonder Woman uh, leaving mankind thing. Uh, uh, Jason Moe has already said that we're going to see a different Aquaman in his movie. Uh, so it's, you know, very well possible that they go with a, uh, a 23, 22-year-old actor and make him look 25, 26. We also, like Juwan said, we also have to uh, come to the realization that after Justice League, Ben Affleck, I don't want this to happen either, but we have to look at the realization that Ben Affleck may not be Batman anymore. And that means that they're probably going to go with a much younger Batman, which would justify bringing uh, Dacker or somebody else on that's around that age frame. Because I would assume that if they go with the Batman for Matt Reeves' film, uh, they're going to want someone that will be committed for three, four, five films, and they're probably going to find somebody in their late um, – early 30s, late 20s, uh, to kind of do like an origin story, maybe 29, 30, 31. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I think the hype is high for um, Dacker just because he was great in Stranger Things. In fact, he was one of the bright moments. I thought he was great as, you know, kind of a semi-villain. Uh, I thought he really nailed it. I thought he did really well in Power Rangers as well. He's got the body. He's got the the attitude, I think, for Nightwing. Um, you know, like some of y'all said, can he carry a movie by himself? I, I'm, I don't know. Only time will tell. Uh, but, you know, we've you know we talked about this before. We can't judge characters like that because we've, we've seen how, you know, with, with Heath Ledger, you know, and a lot of people are down in um, Zachary Levi for Zazam. Oh, he's not big enough, but you know what? And six months or whatever when they that first picture comes out with him in the suit and he's buff everybody's gonna be like oh my god that's shazam and it's all going to be uh the fears are going to be subsided so i think it's just going to all determine on what happens with justice league um you know and ben you know going from there but like i said this is jeff john's dc uh, universe now and all bets are off as far as you know where they're going to go and, and who they're going to cast uh yeah, I do want to clear one quick thing up before I pass it over to uh to Dane uh to finish up this topic. Uh Jason Momoa as far as him saying um his Aquaman solo will be a different uh Aquaman. That's mainly just because it's it's a uh a director uh change. So how um how Aquaman's director sees Aquaman is how he's going to to have him uh, come out in this film. I mean, we just saw that with Thor Ragnarok. We saw what the other Thors throughout the MCU has looked like, and now how they completely changed that for Thor Ragnarok. Completely, I won't say completely, but did change his character, um, you know, because that's how that director saw Thor. So I think that's what Jason Momoa was referring to. I don't think he means, like, it'll be a completely different Aquaman from what you've seen in, in whatever we get from Justice League. Uh, so I don't think it would be that drastically different. Um, but, Dane, go ahead. You wanted to add something. Yeah, well, I, just, I, I mean, I respect Caden uh, and the knowledge that he knows because he's very much aware of stuff a heck of a lot more than I can be. But the until stuff is officially said that the Elseworld movies are doing – just like the uh, Scorsese-produced Joker one, is that they're going to be doing a whole entire thing 
you know, restarting everything, maybe using Flashpoint as a way to reboot. That's all speculation. What we know right now is that even if films are individualized where they don't worry about an overarching, you know, villain that they're building up to, something similar that Marvel's talked about, DC's still with the same characters playing them until they tell me Ben Affleck's dropped out of the role. Ben Affleck is the role of Batman. He is 45, and that's where I was coming by. I do think that every character casted, there is an age limit, or at least an age they're looking for, for any character that's cast. So, uh, yeah, unless that they, you know, say that he's a certain age, or don't address it, or, you know, we can believe it, we're, we're, that's fine. But I, I just don't, I don't agree with a lot of those notions. And I also don't agree that this kid really looks like Nightwing, or acts like him. He I think he'd be perfect for Jason Todd. I still say that he could kill that role. And if he kills it in a Nightwing movie with a bigger actor or someone a little more experienced playing Nightwing, then he can have a spinoff himself and be able to do Red Hood, you know, complete justice. So but that's just my take. But I, I definitely had to say that a lot of people have been speculating with DC. I'm sure Kanan's ears to the ground when it comes to that type of stuff. But to me, that's all speculation. I think that DC Universe is whole going forward until someone said difference, until Ben Affleck's jumped out of the park. Nick, did you want to add anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to add one little thing, Um, just a a tiny little nuance thing. Um, Kanan, you said uh, Dacre, or whatever the hell his name is, Uh, he was like one of the the standouts of Stranger Things to... don't do just that's that's a complete injustice of a statement to Stranger Things too. There are so many great characters in that season, and to say like he's one of the standouts that just come on, man. There are there are, everybody's a standout in that that show. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Everybody is great in that show. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I mean, seriously well, though. No, I mean everyone was great in, uh, in in Stranger Things season two. I think he was. I hope Kate. Uh, Kate wow, Kanan was trying to say that he was. Uh, you know, he was a great addition to it, and uh, you know, he contributed very well to the show. But quite like everyone else uh, in, in this season. But let's not stay on this topic too long. Let's sure. move on to another uh, DC topic. To what Dane was referring to, uh, a report did come out um, that WB was waiting for Justice League, uh, the Justice League response to dictate whether or not they go forward with Flashpoint. Now, like Dane said, that is just purely speculation. No one from Warner Brothers or DC said anything uh, about that, but that's not too weird. No one from Warner Brothers or DC says anything about anything. So, you know, we're not holding our breath on getting an official uh, word from them on that. But uh, the the idea of that is kind of scary. Because if that is true, what you're telling me is if Justice League does not do well as far as critics, uh, people going to go see it, because we know it's going to do well in the box office uh, until December 15th. But we know it's going to do well in the box office. Mm so what you're pretty much telling us is, listen, if this doesn't do good, we're completely changing everything. Flashpoint is going to change possibly our Batman, 
possibly uh, some story arcs, possibly some character development. It's it's just it's going to completely change what you know of what we've done so far with the DC Cinematic Universe. So it's kind of telling us, like, listen, we got this great plan B tucked away in the holster in case this doesn't work out. Uh, and I don't know how comfortable I am with the idea of having that knowledge going into that movie. But like Dane said, and it's important that we uh, reiterate this, it is purely speculation. This is not an official uh, word from anybody uh, important in the whole Warner Brothers DC universe. Um, So we're just speculating on this. But it's fun to think about the idea of how Flashpoint could just change everything. Uh, so, Nick, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the idea of if Justice League isn't well-received, Flashpoint's in the, uh, in the holster? I mean, I get it. I really do. I mean, I, I, I feel like it boils down to this to me. Um, obviously, if things don't go well, they want a plan B, and that makes sense. Um, but to me, I would just plan for Flashpoint. Because, like, who doesn't want to see Flashpoint? Like, that, that's where I go to in my head. And if you just built it up to Flashpoint, if you had a, a, just a, a broad timeline that got you to that point, and then you did it, and then you went from there, I feel like everybody, at least everybody who's a comic fan would respond to that. And I feel like so many of the DCEU fans at this point are comic fans, and the rest of the people who go see the movies are just your kind of regular moviegoers who kind of respond to whatever is out there about the movie. Um, but, like, just just do it. Have the wherewithal and the gumption to just go through with it. Don't have it as a plan B. That, that's my thing, like, if you want to do it, do it. If you're using it as a plan B, I get it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I completely understand that. I guess my biggest issue with that is Flashpoint this early in your uh, your cinematic universe, it's definitely something that you, you know, instead of using as Flash's first solo film, maybe save for a second, uh, I mean, so many different things go into Flashpoint. We haven't even, uh, you know, introduced the reverse Flash yet. So you're telling me you're going right. to squeeze that in? You're going to squeeze that into to Flash? That's a like, lot too much, to and put it into one movie. That's, that's a lot. And if if you think about it like this, I mean, me and Dane were just saying this when we were uh, talking the Thor Ragnarok review, um, how we want Black Panther just to be a, a movie about Black Panther. Don't put so much... Uh, weight on its shoulders of Infinity War. Like, you don't mm-hmm. have to have the, the last stone revealed in that. You could save that. So what I'm saying for Flashpoint is, that's a lot to put on Ezra Miller's shoulders in his first solo. Listen, we're completely changing <laughs> the DC universe <laughs> in your yeah. first solo film. You know? Sure. And now we gotta cram in, we gotta cram in what happened with your dad, we gotta cram in Iris, we have to cram in uh, possibly Jake Garrick, Reverse Flash, mm-hmm. maybe some Rogue. It's just way too much to do uh, in someone's solo film, uh, especially their first. Uh, but, Dan, what are your thoughts on uh, the possibility of Flashpoint being a plan B? 
I don't know necessarily if, if Flashpoint is a plan B. I don't. I think that this might mean, and maybe I'm interpreting from Collider, and maybe it is that, that WB is being smart finally. Instead of being like, hey, we're going to go on to Flashpoint, and we got Batgirl, and we got this movie, and we got this movie, but we can't even figure out our first three fucking films. They're <laughs> chilling out. They're going to find out what happens in Justice League. It is kind of reactionary, but it was very, you know, stupid at first to announce all these films you know, without actually thinking about it. So maybe they're saying with Flashpoint, I don't necessarily think that Flashpoint doesn't have to recourse the whole entire thing. Now, yes, in the comic books, Flashpoint happened, New 52 started right afterwards. But in the story of Flashpoint, he, went, he, he fixed his mistakes at the end of it, and he could have gone back to the world being completely normal. It just, they, they used that as a way to branch New 52. So you've got to realize that Civil War was not Civil War. And Days of Future Past was not Days of Future Past. So I think they're just holding off. And even though I do agree with you guys, I just, I just think that they could be just holding off on this huge movie to find out what's going to happen after Justice League is received. Because a lot of the other movies, you know, like Justice League Dark, a lot of these that they, they greenlit, they're, you know, they're, they're saying, all right, hold on, we're holding off on them. So I think this might be included as, as a part of it. I've never thought it was going to be a restart factor, though, for DC to wrong their rights by saying, screw it. And if, if it really is, you're going to throw me out of the whole entire loop a little bit with being a fan. Uh, I don't disagree with you. And like, like I said uh, to start, this is just speculation. Uh, but from the article that uh, released this speculation, they said specifically that Warner Brothers is waiting for the response of Justice League to determine whether or not they go forward with Flashpoint. So when I hear that, and this is just, uh, interpretation, you know, there wasn't a direct quote from anyone, so we're only interpreting Absolutely. it, uh, you know, differently from ourselves. The way I took that as is, it wasn't them saying they're gonna wait till after Justice League to see if they want that to be Flash's first solo. The way that article made it sound was they're waiting for Justice League, and if it does, if it's not well received, Flashpoint's gonna kick in, and that's what they're gonna use to maybe if Ben walks, change Batman. Uh, you know, different different aspects they can change. Now, I agree with you. I I was never depending on Flashpoint to be exactly like the comics at all. Uh, we know Flashpoint, the whole purpose of it was Barry to correct his wrongs. My main issue with that is we don't even know what his, like the general audience has no idea what his wrongs are yet. Yeah. So if you have a Agreed. movie that you have to now introduce uh, his mother dying, then introduce him changing it, then introduce him changing that's way too much. That's way too much to put in one movie. Uh, so my biggest thing, I don't, like I said, I don't disagree with your, your statement at all. Um, I just do not believe Flashpoint, whether or not Justice League is, is well-received, Flashpoint should not be um, the very first Flash solo film that we have. It should be the second or the third. I think you're putting way too much pressure on that movie and Ezra Miller himself, uh, because we know in the Flashpoint comic, even though Flash is a huge part, people are going to now be speculating, is uh, what's the name going to come and play uh, Batman's dad in the film? Then you're going to go, well, what is Henry Cavill going to do as far as super? Like, it's just way too much, and it's giving me a headache now just thinking about it. Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts on the speculation of Flashpoint being uh, the possible reset button? For, uh, for after Justice League? I think that regardless of the, 
the success or non-success of the Justice League movie, regardless of whatever that movie does. I think the idea of a Flashpoint movie is just too soon, regardless. Because um, for me, like I mean, I like DC, and for me, for the longest time, going to see DC movies meant going to watch a Batman movie. And so very recently, they've, they're starting to really, you know, you're getting Wonder Woman now, you're getting a Justice League movie, thank God. You know, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Superman movies. I, I've started to like them. The Batman Superman was good. I'm just now starting to fall in love with what they're putting out. So please don't change it all and take it all away. Because to me, it's like they're untelling stories that have not yet had a chance to even be told to anyone who hasn't read the comics. And at this point, these, the movies of comics, it's, it's such a huge thing. It's not just for comic fans. These are movie lovers. These are families going to see it. It's first dates. It's people going to be introduced to these characters for the first times and falling in love with them, where we may have read it in a comic and it, it impacted our lives at some point. They're doing this in a theater, and it would be wrong to just take that all away and just give them a whole entire new image of perception that, they won't understand. They don't. They may not get, and it, they need to have time, I think, to fall in love with the characters, and they need to continue with, with their, their movies and their stories. So there's a lot of it that's not being told. It'd be a shame to just completely redo it, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, well, I, I think you know. most... I think most, if not all of us, are on that same mindset that, you know, it's one of those things where we don't need a reset button. That's why I said I I, I hate the idea of it. And you're you're completely right. Flashpoint is way too early. It it just is. It's way too early. Um, You're actually, if you think about it, you're still establishing this universe. A lot of your cast of Justice League hasn't even gotten a solo film yet. You're trying to do a We might like Aquaman uh, again. Let them like Aquaman yeah. for once. Come on. Yeah. So you're trying to do a huge, uh, you know, story event when half of your cast hasn't even had their solo stories uh, dug into yet. Uh, so yeah. I just, I, I, I'd like them to stay away from that. And I'll even say this, and Dane, uh, Dane mentioned this a while ago. That was a really good point. I also want to see uh, different Earths down the road. I don't necessarily want to see that in Flash's first solo film. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of great stories that could be told. You just have to wait. I, I, I don't think, and I'm not saying this is Warner Brothers or DC's mentality, but a lot of this stuff doesn't have to be rushed. Because you have to remember, the, the casual moviegoer has no idea about these story arcs. Um, mm-hmm. So you're, you're doing these story arcs for us comic book fans. And us comic book fans are telling you, do not rush it. That's how it'll come out bad. Do not rush it. Um, so just take your time with it and just stay on par with what you have. Let Flash have his actual solo film, and then we can move forward uh, from that. But, Cannon, I'm sure you have a lot <laughs> to say about what you were saying. <laughs> uh, so I'll pass it right over to you. Yeah, I mean, as far as Flashpoint goes, I mean – once they announced that, I think everybody kind of looked at each other and was like, uh, you know, this is like Warner Brothers out, you know, to kind of, um, you know, reverse everything and, and start over. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that will be the reason why they would go with Flashpoint if they do it. I think it will be more because whatever Ben's decision is. And there's a bunch of stuff going, you know, being said right now that uh, Warner Brothers, after Justice League, 
wants to focus on Wonder Woman and the Bat Family, that they really want to capitalize on uh, Wonder Woman and her popularity. They really want to fast track Wonder Woman too to try to get it out, you know, as um, you know, as soon as possible, get that started. And they also want to focus on the Batman movies uh, and you know the you know the world within that, you know, Batgirl and you know the uh, Gotham City Sirens and stuff like that. So I guess it's just really going to depend on what Ben decides to do if he's you know if he gets through. Uh, and I told Juwan some stuff earlier that I won't bring up right now, but, you know, it just depends on Ben's mindset, uh, you know, how he feels, you know, if Justice League is the hit. But, you know, we can't, we think that Ben Affleck's decision is going to be on Justice League, but we got to look at Ben Affleck, just what he's been through the last two years of his life. Um, so if he does step away, you know, maybe it's to focus on other things besides the movie. And maybe that would, you know, maybe that is what, you know, they're going to wait for to see. So I don't know if they're just going to try to give him time and then go from there. But that would be the only way I could see them really doing a flashpoint. And I agree that, um, you know, that is a lot to take on in one film. Like, really, flashpoint probably would probably be best as, like, a two-story arc. Like, Flash have his first movie, and then maybe you do flashpoint, um, and then, it you know, be a part one, part two type thing. But, yeah, I mean... Like I said, if they do that, I think it would just be because Ben says, I don't want to be Batman anymore, and they try to find a way to reverse that. And But like, but we don't even have a director for Flash yet, so the Batman movie may come out before Flashpoint. So all this may be, you know, you know a moot point, so I don't even know uh, where they'll go from there. So, you know, like Dane said, it's kind of like they uh, put the cart before the horse, and they announced all this stuff, and now they're kind of like, well, you know, maybe we're not going to go this direction, and... Uh, so I just they need to really just focus on what they want to do, and if it's all Batman and all Wonder Woman right now, okay, then let's go with that. But stop announcing Justice League Dark if you don't think that's going to work. Stop announcing Green Lantern if you're not going to, you know, if we're not going to get started on that, you know, just put out what you want and then go from there. And yeah, Justice no, League is going to be great. Like it, it's going to make so much money. But like let's yeah, just stop so, pretending that it's not going to be awesome. Yeah, but the thing the thing with Warner Brothers and DC, like I said, purely speculate. Yeah, if sure. that is the case. Sure. If absolutely. that is the case, uh money's not their issue because what we tend to forget because of how uh it was received by critics and fans, BVS did make a lot of money. It was yeah. just it was crapped on by uh, by your viewership. Yeah, it was crapped on by your viewership. So I mean what you don't want is to build a, uh, a Transformers reputation to where your movies are, are reviewed awfully, but, hey, at least they're making money. But no, so I think what DC is trying to say is if this, this uh, story has any legs to it is we want to start making movies that are well-received, not just movies that make a lot of money. Uh, sure. So I think that's possibly the mindset. But I think my biggest thing with uh, Warner Brothers and DC is just I'd prefer not to hear as much as 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 I hear. Yes. You know, whether it's speculation, yeah. whether it's them giving us a whole slate. And a lot of people go, well, Kevin Feige does it. Yeah, at a convention, and it is very rare that he mm-hmm. gives you a movie and that then precise. does not happen. Right, that then does not happen. So all I'm saying right. is if you're DC, keep it in-house, figure it out in-house, and once it's settled in-house, then come out and, and, you know, give us the slate. 
But when you keep saying, oh, this is going to happen, then it doesn't. Then you speculate that this could happen if this happens. It's just way too – we have way too much knowledge about mm-hmm. what's going on in the DCEU universe. It's kind of like we're in these boardroom meetings every day, and then a story comes out from that boardroom meeting, meeting every day, and it's just like, dude, we don't need to hear as much as we're hearing. Uh, but Kanan wanted to add one more thing. Go ahead, Kanan. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about Flashpoint, you know, but honestly, like, yeah, they really don't even need to do a Flashpoint movie because they're kind of already doing it in the press, you know, with the way they're kind of <laughs> fixing and retconning things uh, right now. So they really don't even need to do the movie because you got Henry Cavill saying that the tone didn't really work and, you know, we're going to go in this way now and you got uh, Gal Gadot oh. saying – uh, well, we're fixing this. You know, we won't want a woman to be this way. She would never turn her back on mankind. And uh, my comment about Aquaman wasn't that he would be different, but like I was saying, you've got Zack Snyder's kind of di- version of Aquaman, but then we're going to see a different kind of probably attitude or a little bit of a change with James Wan. So, I mean, ever since Jeff Johns kind of put his hands in the pot, you can see everybody. And then there was even some some stuff about Ben Affleck saying, that Zack Snyder put the template, but Whedon came in and made it better. I mean, they're all kind of already doing Flashpoint. So, I mean, there's really no need to do the movie. Your 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 entire Justice League is already doing that for you. So, you know, Ezra Miller yeah, can I mean, sit back and be like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is... I hope, I hope is DC we starts to... making better Marvel movies than Marvel. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think the biggest thing is uh, what Warner Brothers needs to pay more attention to is your cast really loves their characters. Like they're not just in it just for the money. They they kind of want these movies to be well received. Also, they put in so much work, and then it comes down to editing or or chopping or something like that that then messes <clears throat> up something that they fell in love with. So I mean. When you hear Cavill and and and, uh, and all the other cast members say they just want it to be right, listen to yep. that. Don't mess this up because I honestly love this cast. Well, so I see Cyborg. I, I'll leave that out, but I really love this <laughs> cast, and I don't want anyone to leave or anyone to have any bad blood. So it's just a it's just a point of please get it right <laughs> so we can have this cast for like the next twenty years if need be. Because I love everyone on this cast. Uh, but let's not give Warner Brothers too much time. Let's move on to something I think we can all agree we are beyond excited for. Uh, Venom has started production. Uh, yes. We have yes. officially seen some shots of Tom Hardy in some action sequences. We saw a set photo of him looking at the symbiote through the reflection of a car. Just so many things that are screaming to me. I need this movie like yesterday. Uh, hmm. It is slowly becoming my most anticipated movie right. of next year, and that has changed at least six times uh, between <laughs> last week's show and this show. Uh, Would you know? So, <laughs> so expect that to change again before we're even done with this topic. Um, but I'll start with you, Nick. What are your um, the question I'll pose to you is. How high is your um, excitement for this movie, and what are you looking forward to from this Tom Hardy uh, Venom film? Dude, I am so psyched for this movie. And the crazy thing is, and I think all of us can agree, 
if you had asked any of us like six months ago, uh, do you want to see a Venom movie that isn't tied into the MCU or anything else? It's just a Sony film. Uh, no, no, I don't want to see that. It's, it's just leave it be. Don't do that. But the fact that they got Tom Hardy has just made it exponentially more exciting for me. Um, and I feel like it's that way for everybody. Tom Hardy is that guy. He is the actor who you can just attach a film to, and it's immediately better. And if you don't believe me, um, go watch Taboo, because that that television series, uh, you it's great. It's terrific. But it's great and terrific because of Tom Hardy. And, like, I just think that this particular role for him is one of two things. One, it is awesome to see this type of actor care so much about this kind of role. And two, it is also awesome to see this kind of actor um, envelop this kind of role and it it just hypes it up to a point where anybody else who was in this role, I would not give a shit. I really wouldn't. I would be like, okay, Venom movie, uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you put, like, Timothy Oliphant in this role, I would be like, yeah, that's a worthy person to cast for that, but I wouldn't care about it. But you put Tom Hardy in it, and I'm just like, I can't wait to see it. And that's what it is. I can't wait to see it. I think he is going to just rule this role, and he's going to deliver it to perfection, and we're just going to all look back on it like, how did we ever doubt Sony? And it's going to be one of those moments where we had that whole thing with Fox, and we were like, Fox is terrible, they're bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And then they did Deadpool, and we were like, wait, hold up. And then they did Logan, and we were like, oh, my God, they figured it out. And I'm just, I'm crossing my heart and hope to die that this is going to be the same thing with this Venom movie. And I'm I'm holding my breath. I think it might be. Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Uh, you took what I was going to say. It's been really fun saying that Sony just doesn't know what they're doing. But now yeah. it's starting to feel like, oh, I don't think we can say that anymore. Exactly. Um, so this is definitely a really good step in the right direction uh, for Sony, uh, especially after the wild success of um, Spider-Man Homecoming. This, even, this, this raises the bar even higher. Uh, especially because of uh, the the caliber actor that you got portraying your main character uh, with Tom Hardy. Uh, Dane, I'll I'll pose the same question to you, man. How excited are you, and uh, what are your expectations uh, for this movie? Well, I love the photo. Uh, I'll steal one from John Campia uh, and say that basically seeing the photos was awesome. It gives you the tangibilization that it's going to be done, or it's starting at least. We're going to have a product soon, Unless they just scrap it halfway through. So it's Sony. They could go under in the next month or two. So hopefully it doesn't happen like that. But what I'm trying to say is that 
I completely agree with Nick. Uh, if you told me six months ago how I felt about this, I think we talked about it, actually. I wasn't really sure about it. And now I, I don't know. I'm going to believe Kevin Feige over Amy Pascal, but she's still saying it's associated. You're just not going to see a crossover. And Kevin Feige's like, don't listen to that crazy bitch. It's, they're, they're, they're separate, okay? We're, we're, there's no connection. But you say Tom Hardy. There are three actors, all of them are Brits, that if you put them in a movie, you know, out of, out of this generation of actors, I'm going to be excited regardless. And that is Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, and Michael Fassbender. This is a great casting. It gives me a reason to want to be excited about it. The fact that it's rated R, I like the director. They're, they're, I mean, the cast around him, uh, Michelle Williams is in it. We don't know who's Carnage, and that's fine. Uh, the funny thing is Nick uh, accidentally said a great name for Carnage that he suggested for Venom and Timothy Oliphant. He would kill it at Cleus Cassidy and no people out there. I don't give a shit that he doesn't have red hair. Um, but, yeah, I, I really honestly think or that Walton I'm excited Goggins. about it. Yeah, Walton Goggins could do a great job, too. Wow, that's a good one. Maybe you should be doing the fan casting, Nick. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm excited. It's, it's one of my most anticipated movies, and I think that – if they don't just try to make it a rated R bloody mess, that it honestly could be up there with a Logan for a, a very, very in-depth look in a superhero movie. So I used to love the Venom solo uh, comics. They were very dark. So I'm just going to hope that they pull the right type of stuff. And Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy. So I have no um, – I, I don't have any doubts in him as an actor. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I will ask you, though, Dane, did you see Dark Tower? I have not seen Dark Tower, no. Okay. Um, no, uh, yeah. And no, no one blames you for you. it. <laughs> no, I, I was just looking for was, someone. Was Idris uh, good in it? Well, no, 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 no. I, I only brought it up to see if anybody else saw it. Uh, I was going to ask everyone when they were done. I saw no it. No one else it. awful. I, I don't want to be the only one that saw that movie. Uh, I'm kind of ashamed I've now said that publicly. But anyway, uh, I completely agree with you, Dane. Um, I also agree with uh, Timothy as possibly uh, Carnage. I will tell you guys this. We will have an official photo of Tom Hardy as Venom before the year is over. Um, but as far as what Dane was saying about uh, Venom crossing into uh, the MCU, I, I, I always bet my money on Kevin Feige. So, I mean, Kevin Feige could walk outside with me and tell me the sky's not blue. And I'd say, yeah, you know what? I never really looked at it. I don't think it's blue either. He's like Bill so I Clinton. believe this guy wholeheartedly. <laughs> Somewhat. Um, so I believe this guy wholeheartedly. If he says it's not connected, uh, it's not connected. Uh, that might be yet. That might mean it's not connected yet. Um, but if he's saying, listen, you're not going to see him in a Spider-Man movie or talking to Iron Man, I bet my money on that. I do feel as though at some point, if this is successful, Kevin Feige will be more open to the idea of it. I mean, do you know how many more butts you'll get in seats with the idea of Tom Hardy interacting with the the MCU? I, I think that has money written all over it, and I don't think I'll ever pass on. You could make idea. him the I MCU's would... Wolverine, like in absolutely. Wise. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think what he's doing right now is just he's saying, let's make sure Sony doesn't mess this up first before I look to put my name on any of it. <laughs> so if it's really well, um, and then, you know, we could – like I said, they have a, a uh, an opening with Infinity War and Avengers 4. You could have, since it's going to be a, a, a 
a battle in the in the galaxy, you could have it be to where they come across one of these planets that has the symbiote, and it latches itself onto Peter's book bag, and he brings Peter it back Morse. to Earth. You could you could have so many different ways to to implement that story to where you could have the connective tissue there. Um, but Shannon, I pa- I pose the same question to you. Uh, how excited are you for this Venom movie? And what are your expectations for this movie? I am insanely excited for a Venom movie just for the fact of having a Venom movie. Now, my expectations, since Tom Hardy is is portraying Venom, is an amazing script and amazing editing. Because you cannot put someone like Tom Hardy in this movie and give him a crappy script or, or mess it up in some other way. Because this is... I mean, this is Tom Hardy. He's done movies like Bronson, Legend. He played played two different brothers. He did the acting of both brothers, two completely different characters for the whole movie. I love that you just brought up Legend. Dude, he is legit. If you ever want to get someone as close as you can to getting nominated for Best Actor from a comic movie, Tom Hardy is one of the best chances we've had, I think, in a very long time. He is wonderful and the fact that he's in Venom it, just that character alone there's so much he, he can add to it like even his own personal stuff he's had a whole bunch of history in his past you know he could definitely draw on this character isn't just some walk in the park character you know you can't just method act the Venom and, and hope you get it right if it's not Tom Hardy you know who else would have been able to do this I really think this is going to be one of the best performances performances, well, I guess, you know, it would be plural, you know, you got Brock and, and Venom there, um, that we've seen. I think he's going to knock it out of the park, and I think we might, I don't understand why we can't get someone nominated, at least for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor, you know, from, from one of these movies. I think he's going to knock it out. As long as he has an amazing script, that's going to be my expectations, and I look forward to his performance because I respect him wholly as an actor, and I think it's brilliant that they were even able to get him, you know, landed on this. And I hope they capitalize on that and and not, you know, take advantage of the amazing talent that they have in this role. Um, Absolutely. Uh, They should should not waste Tom Hardy at all. Uh, Make this the best thing possible. Even if he says he wants – if he has ideas on how to make the movie better, even if you're the director, listen to him. Just listen, listen to him. To him. <laughs> right. Listen to him. Do listen it. Do what him. Hardy says. Uh, exactly. Even if he wants to direct on set and you just have your name in the credits as director, let him do it. <laughs> Whatever Tom Hardy wants to do. Absolutely. Let him do it. The fact that he's doing the mocap as well that, that we know from Andy Circus that he's been working with Circus and he's actually doing the motion capture performance for Venom, that speaks a lot. He's a, he's a badass actor. Also, absolutely, Dan, and I'm glad you brought up the name Andy Serkis because I wanted to add really two quick things before I pass it to Kanan. You brought up a really great point, Shannon, uh, that these superhero movies, you know, if you're only going off of, because they probably will never get Best Picture, but someone should be nominated uh, from some of these superhero movies for Best Actor. You're telling me Patrick Stewart doesn't deserve anything for Logan? Like nothing? Not even supporting actor? Nothing? So, you know, so it's... Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, we, we're going to have to kind of, you know, talk about this a lot more to kind of get the conversation going a lot more 
Because I think if he's not even nominated, that's robbery. That's that's yeah. that's the the most legal form of robbery that a person could go through. He was phenomenal, and it transcended it being a quote unquote superhero or comic book film. Like I said, yeah. if you had never heard of the X Men or Wolverine, you you would have no idea. You know that that movie. You would still put that movie in the stratosphere of those movies that you'd nominate for best film or best leading actor or best supporting actor. Uh, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, and Tom, and, and my thing is, at the very least, like give the film a nomination because you have you've opened up the nominations to at, at least ten films. So and why best picture? Give it to give Logan a nomination. It deserves it. It really does. And they went to 10 because of the Dark Knight and all the bullshit that everyone knew that the Academy screwed up for not nominating that that year. And I forgot who got it. I think it was Slumdog Millionaires, and it was a good film, but the Dark Knight was the best film out that year. Or at least, if you don't agree with that, it should have been nominated. It's a joke. It should have been nominated. Yes. Yeah, and I agree. I completely agree. Um, And I, I, I was hoping that that would break the mold that we would maybe start getting more serious considerations. Now, we know uh, Infinity War and stuff like that, you know, don't belong in the conversation of, of Oscars. But for you but to maybe tell me Winter Soldier doesn't have – I give yeah, you that, Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier I give you that. Good, kind of um, does, yeah. Uh, but if you're telling me Logan doesn't deserve to be in there, and especially once we see what movies are going to be uh, nominated, if there's any – if there's like two or three really crappy movies – I think people should like strike or something to get Logan in there, man. That movie was phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, but Kane, Absolutely. I will pass it to you. What are your expectations for this Venom movie, and where is your hype level at? Well, ever since uh, Spider-Man Three, um, I've really wanted to see a a really good Venom on screen, and I, you know, I have a lot of faith in Tom Hardy. Uh, Venom was you know, he's one of my favorite actors. I, I love I love Venom in the comics. But as far as my hype level goes, uh it's it's in check as far and that and so are my expectations because uh Spider Man Homecoming was really good, but it was because Marvel Studios. I think their influence, you know, really helped that film. Uh I didn't really care for the amazing Spider Man films. I feel like they had a great cast, but I feel like Sony really dropped the ball on, on both of those films. Uh and I kinda hated that I Andrew Garfield really didn't get a chance uh to do a third film. Uh like I said, really great cast. And we've seen plenty of movies with really great cast. I think Venom has a great cast. But Assassin's Creed had a really great cast and it sucked. It sucked balls. So um that's why my that's why my hype for this movie is just in check and my expectations are in check because that way if I go into the film and it's great then I can be like oh my god this is a really great film but if I go in like super hyped you know like I do for other movies that I come out and it's like eh you know this is you know my hype's kind of killed it's really wasn't as good as I thought it would be uh, you know so I just I have to really see you know more but Sony just really has not proven you know in a long time that they can put out a decent film I mean they're just I don't know they just they don't have their stuff in check. Uh, I don't really mind so much that I'm not crossing over right now, but I feel like it would be a huge waste to not have Tom Holland and Tom Hardy, you know, kind of clash. I mean, Venom and Spider-Man like go hand in hand. I know Carnage is a, vil- you know, uh, a villain to both of those, but after Carnage, you know, 
where do they go? You know, I know there's other opportunities, but I just want this film to be good, but I just, I'm not like super hyped for it right now. And just for those reasons, like I said, great cast, but there's been lots of movies with great casts and it's been terrible. Like you said, Juwan, Dark Tower, two great actors, Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, and you said it's dog crap. So, I mean, you know, even you can see like a, a cast was not going to save a movie. It's going to come down to the script. It's going to come down to editing. It's going to come down to direction and, and, you know, going from there. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's not false. Anything you said, mainly I'm remembering, I fell asleep on dark tower. Uh, and I felt really bad about it because I'm like, man, I, I just love Idris and, uh, Mm. Uh, McConaughey, but it's just like this movie is just really, really, really bad. Like who's right, 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 right. Um But I will. I couldn't say, finish the I books, honestly say, myself. Yeah, see, you can't even finish the books. <laughs> yeah, I had movie. like two of them. I got the whole box set. I gave half the box set away. Listen, that movie was so bad. I even, I'll, I'll even tell the audience, don't even watch it on DVD. Uh, anyway, um, I, I will I will say I don't think we should be as hard on Sony uh, as as some people tend to be. Not saying that anyone here is. Um, the fact that they were in. even self the fact that they were even selfless enough to share Spider Man, and then once they did, they did not get in the way of the success Whoa. of Spider Man. You can't was that I, selflessness saying, or desperation, Joan? I don't I don't know if it was desperation. We have to remember, although it wasn't highly reviewed, all of those Spider Man movies made a lot of money. So it wasn't That's like true. they were they were doing horrible in the box office. But uh they just wanted to But stop it doesn't matter, they the were Spider-Man hemorrhaging movies. money. They were hemorrhaging yeah. money for a very long time not the Spider Man movies. Right. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean if you're Sony I, as a company for making movies, they were they were making no, no, no. Ghostbusters and fucking horrible Men in Blacks movies and trying to go back to the drawing board. They almost tanked themselves. I'm not, I'm not defending Sony as a whole. I'm saying in reference to uh, what they've done with Spider-Man and how they haven't gotten in the way, which they very they very uh, well could have. Um, you know, and I say selfless because, honestly, although you are right, they are suffering as, as a company as, as a whole, I'm only speaking in terms of what they've done with Spider-Man. And all well, those Spider-Man and, movies made a lot of money. And I would like to add one thing. Um, I, I see where Kanan is coming from in comparing um, Michael Fassbender to Tom Hardy. However, Michael Fassbender has made bad movies. Tom Hardy hasn't really made a bad movie. Like, can anybody name a bad movie that Tom Hardy has made? I can't Wait, come up with we, one off the top of my head. Hold on. No. Are, are we referring? Are we referring to Tom Hardy being bad in a movie, or the movie being bad? Uh, just either or. Because I have. I haven't seen. I haven't seen a movie that Michael Fassbender was bad in. I've seen movies. Uh, right. That as yeah, a whole. There were, well, yeah, exactly. Like, um, uh, what was the movie uh, that he was in? Uh, the Counselor. That was a bad movie. Oh. That was a right. shit movie. Right. But it was not a really bad movie. Him, uh, uh, yeah, that was a bad movie. 
Um, and apparently, like, the snowman or the snowball or whatever the fuck that movie is called that just came out snowman. recently. That, that Yeah, the snowman. That was not apparently a very good movie as far as I've heard. I haven't seen it, so I can't apparently comment on it directly. Yeah, but, like, Tom Hardy doesn't, like, he he hasn't been in bad projects. He, like... Name a name a movie that Tom Hardy's been in that was a bad film. There, there's nothing. I mean, if if you want to get that going, it's the worst film of fucking you know rewarding. Uh, well, me and yeah. Kana were both about to say something, but you know, you cut us off. Go ahead, go so, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Say it. I was saying, if someone wanted to be a douche. They probably say the Dark Knight Rises with his performance as Bane. Oh, even though I like well, it personally, a lot yeah. of people hate that movie and hate that performance. So oh, it's subjective, come on, you know, based on the yeah, person. But, but Dane, you, yes, but Dane, you know as well as I do that is ridiculous. But the majority well, about, you're asking probably don't like worse. that film. Well, yeah, yeah but, it, it's, Chris Pine? but it's a good. But, yeah. but anybody can sit here and say objectively it's a good film. It's not a great film, but it's a good. Yeah, film. but someone could someone could tell us that Assassin's Creed's a good film, and I'll tell them they're an idiot. Yeah, well, you know, that, 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 but, yeah, and it's but, got a great. See, but, but like, if someone told you that uh, The Dark Knight Rises was a good film, and and you told them they were an idiot, like it would it wouldn't be on the same level, right? That's true. That's true. True. It's Thanks, just subjective Shannon. no matter what. Well, I get it, but I'm just saying Tom Hardy has has chosen his film roles much better than Michael Fassbender. I'm just, that's all. Yeah, that's a good argument, yeah. I agree with that. Well, I mean, it, well, what movie What movie are we really basing it? I mean, if you look at, like, okay, Inception, that's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Leonardo DiCaprio all day, every day. If you look at... Um, if you look at Dark Knight Rises, look at Bronson. Well, Bronson, he's like a one yeah, man show in the whole movie. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. Great in that. If you look at what? Bronson. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, what movies are we looking at that, he, that you're saying movie. like, like I'm saying, if you look at some of the movies he's been in, like Inception, that movie's great because of Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. If you look at uh, Dark Knight Rises, yeah, he was great as Bane, but you still have Christian Bale, you still have. Um, Morgan Freeman, you still have. Um, yeah, but uh, like like Shannon said, if you look at a movie like Bronson, where he's the main character, or you look at a movie like Legend, where he plays two main characters, he is terrific in all of those roles. Um, or Locke. Um, it, it, like, name me any movie where I can well, watch here's a the film thing. where I can, here's the I thing. can watch a movie. We are I can arguing watch a film who's a better where, actor. Guys, 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 we are arguing who's a better actor between Michael Fassbender and Tom Hardy. We want two of the best actors, and we're going a little That's bit true. into dead zone. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You're, but you're, I agree. Absolutely. Dane, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, great point, Dane. Uh, I just noticed I, I, I was saying exactly what Dane was saying, but I had myself muted. So that gave me a bit of a headache. <laughs> um, but yeah, My apologies, those are, fellas. Those are, uh, those are both two yeah. really great actors. Uh what we can say to end this and then move on is Tom Hardy is definitely taking the Leonardo DiCaprio route and he just chooses really well. Um, yeah. All right. So let's move on to some Marvel talk. 
Uh, the Russo brothers in a very cryptic yet annoying video they posted on Instagram and I believe Facebook. Uh, it let us know that the Infinity War trailer will not be released until it is ready, uh, which is pretty obvious. Uh, no trailer should be released before it's ready, uh, or we won't like it. Um, but I will say this. I had heard a, a, a while ago that their plan was always to officially release it after Thor Ragnarok because they did not want certain elements of what they had in the trailer to then possibly spoil any uh, of Thor Ragnarok uh, or or kind of muddy it at all. They wanted to just wait for that to come so they could release this. So in between Ragnarok and Black Panther, we had this Infinity War trailer. Um, also, a few more things to tag on to this same topic, and then I'll go to the panel. Uh, we got a look at Avengers 4 set photos that hint at time travel. We see Tony and we see Thor uh, looking the way he did back in uh, Avengers 1. And uh, I think there was also a set photo of him and Loki uh, that you had at the end of Avengers where they were both going back to Asgard. Uh, that and the Mark Ruffalo, who can never stop talking about what's in these two movies, uh, I think he's spoiled at least <laughs> the first 20 minutes of Infinity War, at least. Um, he did tell us in a, um interview that Hulk and Rocket will indeed become best of buddies, which sounds just awesome. Um, uh, Nick, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on when we might see Infinity War uh, trailer, and what are your thoughts on, if you have seen it, the uh, Avengers 4 set photos and the idea of Hulk and Rocket becoming best of buddies? I love the notion of well, let me put it this way. I somewhat love the notion because I, like, haven't we all been teased of the fight between Groot and Hulk? Uh, like, how can Rocket do that to Groot? Like, I don't get it. Like, how can you have that fight and then have have Rocket just, like, be buddies with Hulk? I don't, I don't get it. Like, bros before, well, I mean, even at this point, bros before bros. Like, come on, dude. Like, you you can't do that to your main guy. Um, So, though I'm okay with it in the external sense, I'm not cool with it as far as your, your, your guy is Groot. And you can't turn your back on your guy, and we know Groot is going to fight Hulk. So how does this all transpire? It better transpire in a way that it makes sense. That's all I got to say. Because if it doesn't, I'm going to be very upset and I'm 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 going to cry for Groot because that's my man. That's my boy. Like Groot. Like he is the man. Yes. Absolutely. And um I don't know, that's just that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you if it weren't teenage group. Uh, I think we can all agree teenagers are just the worst. Um, that's true. Adult hey, group, that's, something adult that's, some, that's something I didn't come uh, – I didn't take account for. That's fair enough. If it was adult group, I, I'd feel your pain, Nick, but teenagers are just the worst. Uh, they are. Dane, same question. Um, 
Well, I, I really think it's cool that we're going to get a trailer eventually. Um, thanks for being vague, <laughs> Russo Brothers, but that's all right. You know, put it out when you guys want to put it out. I've already seen – oh, wait, maybe I should admit that on, on air. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited about it. It's going to be great. Uh, Avengers 4, uh, Seth Photos. You know, it, it, it's cool. Um, I'm looking forward to the movie, uh, but Sith photos never really do that much unless they reveal something, and usually the feeling from that is anger and or happiness. So, you know, uh, didn't really reveal anything, which is probably good. And the Hulk and uh, Rocket, my thoughts is, unless, it doesn't really make sense if Groot is a teenager in this, but if, if it's full-size Groot, if Rocket and Hulk develop a, 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 a friendship, uh, you know, while they're a part of it, um, and that pisses off Groot, maybe that will be the reason why they fight at some point in the movie. But to think about that concept as being a big part of my, uh, you know, uh, my, my love for Infinity War is very small and minicule based on, honestly, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians 2. I don't care about the type of shit. Just make a good movie. I'm not worried about some of the, the, the comic relief concepts that's going to happen within the movie. Uh, just make it fit the story and don't make it, like, out of nowhere or very, very, uh, you know, in your face or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I think the idea of them becoming buddies and then Groot and Hulk fighting, I think you're starting to put way too many toppings on your ice cream with this movie. But Russo Brothers uh, are some of the best at fitting all that stuff in. We saw Civil War. There were, like, eight different stories in there, and they all worked, so... We'll, we'll definitely see how it pans out, but I, I completely see where you're coming from, Dane. Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think the idea of Hulk and Rocket being best buds on screen, it's going to work out. It's going to be funny. It's going to be entertaining. I Personally, I think I would be more interested in seeing a funny, nice relationship between Rocket and Iron Man because Rocket likes to blow things up, and Iron Man has lots of things that blow things up. So I think it would just be kind of funny. And I personally would like to see that. But um, to each their way, Rocket's a good character. He could be best friends with anybody on there, and I'll watch every minute of it. Um, and we'll get a you know trailer when we get a trailer. Timing doesn't really bother me. But, yeah, I think I'd prefer uh, Iron Man and Rocket over Hulk and Rocket, honestly. Uh, honestly, I love that. Didn't even think about it, but I love it because I could see Rocket completely ripping through Tony's uh, – you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, just armory messing with a bunch store. of Tony stuff. Yes, his armory. Thank you. Armory is what yeah. I was thinking of. I could definitely see Rocket trying to get in one of Tony's suits and totally make it uh, super badass. So I agree with right? you. That would be that would be awesome. Uh, Feeling like an eyeball out of one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's not forget how terrified Tony is going to be when a raccoon just comes up and starts conversating with him. Uh, so that's right? definitely going to be funny to see them interact with that. Uh, Kanan, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, if, you know, we saw Hulk and, and, you know, if you've seen Thor, you know, you know that he's developed the ability to speak. And I think it will be cool seeing, uh, you know, Rocket, um, you know, who speaks, you know, very articulate and more intellectually than, than even really Hulk did in, in Thor, you know, he talked, but he was still kind of, um, you know, was still kind of childish, you know, so it, it almost, 
you know, would kind of fit with, like, him and Groot would be arguing, like, I'm Groot, I'm Hulk, I'm Groot, I'm Hulk. I don't see how Groot and Hulk are really going to fight because I feel like Hulk would just use Groot like a toothpick. I mean, because Hulk took on a giant uh, wolf beast and threw himself at Surtur like he didn't give a damn. So, I mean, I don't see – I know Groot's strong and has the ability to, you know, grow his limbs and stuff, but still Hulk is just on a whole other level. I don't really see where – and, you know, I'm kind of tired of seeing the heroes fight each other. I want them to to all kind of come together and be united in one. I mean, every movie that we've seen – there's some kind of conflict between them. I just want them to kind of all come together and finally be a cohesive unit, um, you know, and just be like the team that we want them to be. You know, there's all this Captain America versus Iron Man, Hulk versus Thor, uh, I mean, Rocket versus uh, Star-Lord, Drax versus everybody because, you know, he thinks everybody's stupid but him. So, I mean, it's just, it's for humor, I get it, but, I mean, I, I don't really see how they could even do a Hulk versus Groot because I think Hulk would destroy him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to in Infinity War, uh, besides Thanos, uh, especially the idea of it being a heist film, but the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is uh, a lot's changed since Thor's left. Uh, and, you know, um, you have, you know, all these new members, uh, a part of the team, then the idea of Thor coming back with the Hulk, then uh, and Valkyrie, and possibly Loki, mm. and then you have the Guardians. So you're going to have a lot of egos who are used to doing things themselves, uh, or you know they have their own groups. And now it's oh, I, I even forgot Cap and his and his guys because uh, they're they're still, uh, um, you know they're still being looked for. So mm. it's going to be a lot of different parts. And when it Fugitives. I don't yeah. know why I can't think of words. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see them all come okay. back in mesh. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but let's move on. Uh, let's move on to something that I meant to talk about last week, but we didn't when we went live, Dane. Uh, it's a two-parter. Not only does Captain Marvel begin production in early 2018, but Ben Mendelsohn is being eyed as the key villain uh, for that film. Now, uh, it is being said that he will definitely, if he, if he gets the role, uh, will be a scroll. And I just have to say, Ben is one of my favorite actors in Hollywood. Um, I love what he did with um, his character in Rogue One. I, I honestly will say he was my favorite character from Rogue One. Uh, nice. I just I, I, I loved everything he brought to that role, man. He's definitely becoming one of my favorite actors uh, right now. And I thought he definitely uh, added something in The Dark Knight Rises with his scenes with Tom Hardy. Uh, they were either entertaining or Bane just <laughs> choking the shit out of him. But it was fun uh, nonetheless. <laughs> um, so I'll start with you, Dane, because I know when I pose this question, me and you are just going to agree right off the bat. Um, with Ben Mendelsohn being odd as the key villain uh, to play a scroll. How early between uh, right now and this Captain Marvel film do you think we will actually see a scroll, or do you think we have seen one already? Hate to tell everyone, but Nick Fury is a scroll. He's been a scroll the whole entire time. Uh, we will see Captain Marvel set in the 90s, and we're going to see what happens between that. And there's going to be other people, I think, that 
The Secret Invasion is the next, and I mean, this is all speculation, people, but to me, The Secret Invasion is the next story arc uh, that's going to be smaller in the background where we have more self-contained movies like Kevin Feige said Marvel's going to do, but that will be an overacting factor until we get into a Secret Invasion movie where they finally figure out, oh, crap, a bunch of us are gone, and, uh, you know, someone died and they're a scroll. But, uh, you know, the thought of Ben Mendelsohn, regardless, um, not only can he do really well with that role, but he's a terrific actor, uh, very, very sad on actor. I remember seeing him in both Mississippi Grind and The Place Beyond the Pines, uh, and he, was, yeah. he, was a, he wasn't the main role, but he's a great uh, supporting actor. Um, he was great in Animal Kingdom. I didn't see Bloodline, but I've heard a lot of good things about that television show, and he was great in Rogue One. Uh, I didn't like Rogue One, but I loved him in it, and there's a reason for that. Um, so, I don't know. Um, I, I think this is good, and I do think the scrolls are going to happen very, very soon, uh, if they haven't happened already. And I do think Nick Fury might be a scroll. Exactly. Dane, me and you have been preaching this for forever, man. I'll even go as far as to say Nick Fury, uh, the swap between him and the scroll happened in Winter Soldier, where Nick Fury, quote-unquote, died but didn't really die. I think the scroll then filled in for uh, for Nick Fury. But, Nick, same question, man. What are your thoughts? I love this idea that Dane posed, and I want to I wanna have a little conversation with you, Dane. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Um, so, uh, I, this, this, this uh, Captain Marvel movie is supposed to take place in the 90s. So, I feel like that is when uh, he should become a scroll. So, if, if, if Samuel L. Jackson becomes a scroll, and, and let's just assume because this movie takes place in the 90s, he is a scroll. What does that mean for the Samuel Jackson trying to form the Avengers? Is he trying to ward off, um, uh, you know, um, all of the other, uh, you know, um, all the other uh, uh, villainous uh, roles? Uh, throughout what we've seen to this point in in the MCU, and trying to ward in his uh, scroll counterparts, is that is that what's going on? Like I would to me that makes a lot of sense. I just want to know your opinion on it. What I've thought about uh, when it comes to that concept, uh, we're going to find out if Fury's a scroll. The reason why he gets the Avengers together. It's because the scrolls hear about a lot of these, you know, like uh, Michael Douglas' Ant-Man and Captain America in the past and Hulk. Right. You know, those all exist to some extent. So what does he do? Oh, there's a bunch of super beings. you got to realize they don't have the rights to be able to do super scroll and all the super powered things. So these are just going to be shapeshifters from what I know, unless they've worked right. this stuff out with Fox. If that's the case, he's using, you know, his knowledge, becoming head of S.H.I.E.L.D. to get all these superheroes to come forward so that he then can replace them and have the most powerful beings presented, is what I would assume. Right. And be able to ward off uh, the villainous threats that we've seen to this point in order for the scrolls to roll in, correct? Absolutely. That is brilliant. I like it. I I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I like it. <laughs> 
Well, at least we're on the same page there. Um, but no, I I I love it. I I think um, the the whole scroll um, uh, um, movement within uh, the and and the fact that the film for uh, uh, Captain Marvel is set in the nineties. I I I think that is somewhat telling. I think that means that there are going to be scrolls that we have not known that are in uh, the characters that we have come to know. Um, I don't think it's going to be Nick Fury. I think it would more likely be some some lower um, uh, base characters, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think we're going to uh, get a whole new definition as to our characters and what they mean, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I mean, it even could be uh, the idea of the scrolls maybe don't even come into effect or even make the swap until after Avengers 4. Avengers 4 could could end with uh, someone that we thought died, uh, but then it's like, oh, wait, you survived. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, uh, the camera cuts really close to their eyes, and you you know you see them green or wh- whatever they you know they could do the spoiler style that uh, that would be that would be quintessential Marvel. Yeah, so I mean it could definitely be something like that. We'd prefer it to be something that's been there for years, right. uh, you know, so it's deeper to the story. But knowing Marvel, it's probably something they'll incorporate because if you think about it, Avengers Four then leads into Spider Man Two and Captain Marvel. So then you could kind of just take it from there with it and not really have to explain that, you know, he's been Nick Fury for 20, 25 years, or he's been Nick Fury for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? They, they probably won't go right. that route, even though I, I agree with you guys, that would be the most fun for, for them to go with that. Especially like Dane said, if they actually get the right to do the super scrolls, it'd make even more sense. Uh, you get all these heroes together, then steal all their powers, take over earth. That'd be completely genius if they could do that. Um, but I could definitely see Marvel going with the the very slick uh, sneak at the end of Avengers 4 leading into the next phase. Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts? Um, well, one of you had mentioned maybe if some of the characters are scrolls, maybe it's not going to be like a main character, but someone of a lower nature. Um and all the reading and stuff I've been doing, you know, about all this, one of the things that I thought was the most interesting idea to entertain was maybe Hank Pym being a scroll because um, of the technology and everything with the Pym particles and whatnot. And he was definitely old enough in the time frame for the movie to come out um, for him to have been scrolled. But honestly, yeah, the idea like of that. scrolls don't they, – <laughs> just thinking, because I know when, when I'm – hearing a lot of talk about it and reading a lot about it, it's always like Nick Fury's always on all the lists. Um, some people talk about maybe Iron Man because of all the technology, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, someone else could get recast as him, and that would be like Robert Downey Jr.'s out. Um, but I think uh, the two characters and everything I've heard that made more sense to me would have been Hank Pym or um, Thaddeus. Uh, I thought those two guys would have been a little more interesting. Thaddeus Ross. Um, 
But then again, honestly, I'm not the biggest girl fan. They don't really light my fire, just to say. But for the sake of conversation, um, I would go with Hank Pym. I think that would have been a good little uh, secretive sucker punch in the movie uh, storylines, honestly. That that's yeah. simply amazing to me. Like that's uh, you're blowing my mind right now, Shannon. That's <laughs> that's awesome. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, Hank Pym would definitely be uh, be great. But yeah, if 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 you read the stuff, Nick Fury's name is like a top of the list. I think right after yeah. him is Captain America because they're saying him being gone this whole time. Uh, and if you go off of possibly one of uh, definitely top five greatest uh, cartoons, um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Captain America was the one that uh, was swapped out for a scroll. It makes possibly yeah. the most sense because he's the only guy that has kind of been gone. Um, the rest of them are either in lockup or, or maybe hiding somewhere also, but he'd make the most sense because he technically is the heart of of the store, uh, of the Avengers. Um, Tony's more so the leader. Cap's more so the heart, or I could have that mm-hmm. backwards depending on how you well, view it. I, think um, right. I like that too. I like that too, Juwan, but because like, if you did that, you could give Captain America, you could give, uh, what's his name, a break, uh, Chris Evans. Yeah. If you did that, like basically at Avengers sure. 4, take him out of the picture, you know, everyone's speculating that he's out. You give him a couple movies off, and then he comes back as Captain America to save the day when they do a secret invasion. If they were to do that as a big story, though. Sorry. Well, yeah, and, no, 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 no. I want to, I want to just, just quickly point out another point. She mentioned it could be Thaddeus Ross. I mean, look at what Thaddeus Ross did in Civil War. Um, that that could be a great, like, just mix of uh, of a scroll character because of what he provided in that the context of that film and and, and trying to pull back everybody and say we want to regulate you we want to not let yeah. you do like everything you want to do that's perfect it like, makes that sense is a scroll yep. like yes yeah. that is like yes that is great i love it i think that would be terrific yeah, no, I I completely agree. Uh, the idea of the uh, Sokovia Accords was to register all superheroes. So not only do you know who they all are, but you're in control of when and where they're allowed to be superheroes. So you, you know, you could definitely go exactly. You could go with the mentality of the scrolls kind of want to know what they're working with and working against, uh, kind of bottle it all up. So I completely yep. agree with that. That is a sleeper. That turns out to be true. We got to remember this episode. I never number them. But we got to remember this episode. Uh, what do you remember as Shannon's Shannon's uh, uh, inaugural episode? Right, but I didn't label go. it that. But yeah, maybe I'll go back and, and label it that so I don't forget it. Five thousand six hundred and thirty-two. There we go. Perfect. It's somewhere around there. Uh, before passage to Canaan, I will say as far as the Captain America pick. Uh, if you remember uh, Captain America from Earth's Mightiest Heroes, when the scrolls ha- held him captive, if you remember how he looked uh, in the cartoon with the full beard, uh, you know, uh, the idea of being Captain America stripped a little bit in his mind, and what we know of what Captain America is supposed to be in Infinity War. I just, I was thinking about that as you guys were talking. The parallels between the two 
probably won't uh, line up, but just thinking about it, it, it sounds on the same wavelength. Like maybe Cap could be our, our scroll if the scroll is the Avengers at all. Um, Kanan, uh, what were your thoughts? Well, I think uh, I'd like to see Ben Mendelsohn uh, get the role. I think he's a, a great actor. Um, he's, uh, you know, very good at uh, being someone who wears a mask bitch. He did that great with uh, Vader and Bane. So he could definitely pull that off. But, um, no, as far as the scroll goes, I think if they were to do that, um, that would be someone that we would, it'd be right under our nose, but it would be someone bigger. So I think it probably, I think it could be someone like Nick Fury, you know, someone that we would be like, oh my gosh, this whole time, you know, and I don't think that, you know, uh, Thaddeus Ross has had that big of an impact in the MCU. I know he did the Sokovia Accords, but all that lines up with the registration registration act that was in the comics with civil war. I think it was somebody that would be, you know, like you, you know, like Nick was asking Dane, you know, and that would even be like their answer to Nick. Like, why, why would you get us together? You know, just, you know, like, but you know, maybe it's to get the Avengers together to, to stop, to kill the other enemies. And that just leaves the scrolls to be able to take over, you know, maybe they're secretly, like, hey, you know, we can get the Avengers to take Thanos out, then we can swoop in and, and you know, do what we need to do. So I think it'll be somebody big. I think, it, And I think uh, Samuel L. Jackson would probably like that. That would be a cool twist to his character and, um, you know, give his character a little bit more depth and give him a little bit more to do. Um, I, I guess maybe it could be, you know, Chris Evans. I just, I just think it's going to be somebody – um, more well known, somebody that's going to have a, a big impact that will shock a lot of people. Uh, I, I I definitely get your point. I just don't think it has to be. I think it has to be something that just makes sense. And although the Sokovia Accords was something that definitely did happen, not being called the Sokovia Accords, I don't I don't think. Um, but the no. idea of that did happen in uh, Civil War in the comics. But the reason why it makes sense in this instance is because there'd be a deeper meaning behind it. Like, it'd make, it'd make more sense that the scrolls don't really care about heroes, you know, getting other people killed. They care more about knowing who all the heroes are, what their powers are, what they're capable of, and bottling them in, forcing them to have to answer to them before they can actually go out and be a hero. Um, so that kind of makes – it does make sense. I didn't really think about it, but it is something that you could sneak in there And, I mean, you could even do it to where it's effective to where um, they're talking to Ross because we do know Ross is a big part. Uh, We saw him be a a huge part in Civil War. I assume he'll be, uh, you know, uh, somewhat uh, of a force going forward. But he could be having a conversation with somebody, and then, you know, he heads back to his quarters or something like that, and you see him turn into a scroll. That's one of the end credit scenes. It would still psych out the audience because you just wouldn't see it coming. Um, from a character like that. You'd assume it'd be someone bigger. So it'd catch some people off guard. Uh, But let's move on to uh, our last few topics. I'm going to kind of pair these next two topics together uh, with a segment of which news is bigger. Um, So we have, we know we got the official casting of Shazam being played by Zachary Levi. Um, But the big news that came out from Shazam is Mark Strong is in talks uh, to play the villain. So I'm going to pair that news up with the news of James Mangold saying that X-23 spinoff is in the works. 
I will start with you, Nick. What news is bigger between X-23 spinoff and Mark Strong in talks as the villain of Shazam? I'm going to surprise you guys because obviously I am a huge X-Men fan, but Mark Strong is my guy. I love Mark Strong. And for him to be this villain in that film, I, I I just, Mark Strong can do no wrong to me. And give me more Mark Strong. I love it. I think he would be a perfect villain uh, for for that film series, and I just do it. Mark Strong, great. Yeah, I mean, especially adding uh, Mark Strong to that film. We talked a lot about how uh, Levi isn't the biggest name, um, so you know, we all we all we all would speculate on maybe does Henry Cavill need to make an appearance. Uh, to kind of get more people who are unaware of the character. Like, oh, man, Superman's in this? But Mark Strong, a, a, a very familiar face in the movie world, the, the casual moviegoer might remember him from something. Go, Oh, I did like him in that. Oh, you know, he could be pretty cool in, you know, in, in this role. So Mark Strong is definitely a big enough name to add more star quality uh, to this movie. Um, Dane, I'll go to you. What news is bigger? Hey, I, I do want to say that the idea of Dr. Uh, Dr. Savannah getting played by Mark Strong, someone I wanted to play Lex Luthor, the fact that he's going to play the Shazam villain, uh, who is, he always jokes with Luthor in the comics about him being more intelligent, so he might be more intelligent than Luthor, and he's definitely more evil and ruthless. If you get Mark Strong behind that villain, that's great. But to me, X-23, eventually with a James Manigold movie, uh, possibly maybe developing an alpha flight because it's all going to be taking place in Canada from what I know. Yeah, I want to see that. I love Logan. I loved her character. Uh, they're straying away, obviously, from from, um, from Hugh Jackman's uh, Wolverine, but I think that's a great movie that you can make it its own. It's not going to be like a sequel that's unwarranted because it's going to be its own movie just based on a great movie before by itself. So I would, I would say the fact that he's saying – they're into works to do that is a little more important, but I still love the idea of Mark Strong playing Dr. Savannah. Absolutely. Thank you for the add on uh, the actual character that he would be playing. Uh, I'll even go as far as to say when he no problem, not if, um, you know, that was a great add to that. Uh, Shannon, what news is bigger? I don't disagree with anybody. I, I'm thoroughly, you know, into the Mark Strong idea. He's a good actor. He's, he's amazing. Um, so not going to upset you there. But I think the fact that they're doing an X-23 spinoff to me is bigger news for the fact that, A, it is spinning off from Wolverine, which already had success. So in my opinion, something that kind of almost rides on coattails, no matter if it was successful, runs a risk anyway. But the fact that it's such a young actress that will be in that leading it, um, that to me alone is huge news. Because everyone else is an established name. We've got all these big-name actors in all these movies. But this girl is a very young, young actress and did an amazing job. And she's going to get her own spinoff movie. 
at that age. That to me is huge news and, and very, very credit worthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, can't go wrong with with uh with x23 is your is your pick of what news is bigger i'll even go as far as to say it'll be interesting to see not only who they pair her up with for that movie but will x23 at any point merge into either deadpool or the current x-men uh storyline that we have so that'll definitely be something to look out for yeah yeah maybe like they said with logan they did yeah. so well with or, Logan. That hey guys, hey guys, maybe maybe they'll go through with this. Maybe she, maybe she meets Rachel Summers in Canada, <laughs> and it's played by Millie Bobby Brown, and it's, she's the daughter of Cyclops and Jean Grey within that universe. Just saying, think about it. Shane, <laughs> stop, stop it! Stop it! Um, stop it! it well, You're making me nerd too much. Stop it! Stop it, because now Sorry. I'm going to make a phone call and tell them to make Start it Start eating gum. Um, They'll get you off it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that would be freaking amazing. Uh, but there's so many ways. We've seen Fox not stick to a continuity. So they have a billion different ways they can make it work. Uh, but if Which I is why explain, that makes all the most sense. Absolutely. Uh, but I will not blame James Mangold if he decides he wants it to be separate. Uh, from, you know, those other stories, as far as whatever this uh, spinoff movie is, not as far as her long-term plans, but just as far as that movie, uh, you know, it, it, it worked with Logan not connecting to the uh, to anything specific. Uh, it was pretty much the end of the story that started back in 2000. So, you know, it was, it was, it was good that way. It was more contained. Uh, so I would I wouldn't have any issues with X twenty three being just as contained as that. Uh, Kanan, what news was bigger? Yeah, I have to agree. I think it's the X twenty three. I think that after Logan, everybody uh, was you know really in love with her um, and her performance. And you know, there's been talks of uh, this actor you know, carrying on as, you know, Wolverine and rebooting Wolverine and bringing someone else in. But everybody's like, no, you've got X-23, just go with her, just go with her. And I think I think we deserve to see another movie with her. She was awesome. Uh, the kid can act. Uh, she was brutal. I mean, she was at times, like, more brutal than I've ever seen Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I just think that you – I think it, it would be an injustice not to have at least one movie – uh, you know, with her in it, you know, not necessarily carrying the film, but just being the major focus, um, you know, to kind of like maybe, you know, open up another franchise um, in the future. I love Mark Strong. I just don't think that, uh, you know, that villain is, you know, is huge like news right now. I mean, it's a great actor, but I think the X-23 stuff, especially with how great Logan was, I think that's the bigger news. Kind of hard to disagree with that, uh, if if at all. Uh, like I said, both great uh, great news stories. Mark Strong uh, coming back to the uh, superhero world, let alone the DC world, after he was easily the only redeemable uh, part of that Green Lantern film. I still watch that end credit scene, not end credit scene, but that scene with him uh, becoming the Yellow Lantern and get chills. Uh, what a wasted uh, actor on such a horrible film. Um, but I'm glad he didn't let that keep him away from this rich world that he'd be such a huge part of 
if they'd let him play Lex Luthor. I'm with you, Dane. Uh, even though I'm not as as uh, you know as as negative on Jesse Eisenberg's uh, portrayal because I think he's becoming the Lex Luthor that that we know, um, and I'm willing Riddler. to give him or the Riddler, which he was originally supposed to be. Um, but I'm willing to give him. <laughs> I agree with you. Though. I, I think he can. I think he can grow into being the Lex that we know because it's not like Jesse Eisenberg's a bad actor. If he was a bad actor no. and, you know, and we hated his, uh, his Lex Luthor, then I'd go, well, there's no chance he's going to get better. Uh, but it's more so the writing of that character and less of him just being a bad actor. Yeah. So I'm willing and to I'm give sure him that he's, another chance. And I'm sure he's heard a lot <laughs> from, about his performance, and I'm sure that a lot of that was direction. Now, I do, Jesse Eisenberg can play a cunning, evil bastard. He played Mark Zuckerberg and friggin' The Social Network. If you try it, like I've said a million times, channel that, don't act like just all ridiculous and all over the place. But um, I think the best Lex Luthor that we've had was the one in Ant-Man. All right, that's it. That's my joke. <laughs> uh, listen, man, I thought he'd be great for uh, Supergirl's uh, Lex Luthor. I-, I love what he did. They better role, cast uh, him. As the villain. Uh, he was amazing, and you can't sleep on him, man. He did a really, really, really good job, especially because I don't know Hashtag much of outside of that. Yes. Um, let's move on to one of our final topics of the night. Disney uh, and John Favreau made it super official of our Lion King cast. Now, a lot of these names I'm going to butcher, so wait till correct me until I pass it to you. Uh, do not make a fool of me on, on live on air. Uh, all right. Okay. So we have <laughs> – Nick, that was for you. Uh, we have yeah. Donald Glover as uh, Simba. Beyonce has been confirmed as Nala. James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa. Uh, Ch- Chitele Ekafor, Nick, shut up, uh, has been confirmed as Scar. Uh, Alfre Woodard has been uh, confirmed as Sarabi. John Oliver is Zazu. Uh, John Connie is Rafiki. Seth Rogen is Pumba. Billy Eichner is Timon. Eric Andre is one of the uh, hyenas. Florence Kanzamba is one of the uh, hyenas also. And Keegan Michael Key. Uh, then you have JD McCary as a young Simba. And a Shaddai as a young Nala. That is the official cast of Lion King. Now, I'll pass it to Nick so he can correct me on everything that I butchered. Uh, I mean, honestly, the only thing you messed up was Chutelio before. Um, there we go. Which is, which is okay. I mean, that's a, that's a tough name. It's um, hard. And he is a terrific, terrific actor. And Incredible. everybody else is awesome. Uh, this cast is just amazing. I can't imagine a better cast. I can't wait to see this film. I think Disney is just obviously just like, who wants to be a star? Just come on. We're going to cast you. We're going to make you uh, awesome actors in our our reboot uh, cartoon films because that's what all of these are and uh, can we all agree that we don't care that they're reboot cartoon films like 
they're all going to be great. They're going to be terrific. And um, I I can't wait to see it. Uh, one thing Disney is, is, has shown is that John Favreau is the greatest guy to kick off any genre, uh, uh, you know, um, expansion. Mm-hmm. Like, he started... He started the MCU with Iron Man. He started these yep. Disney live-action films with The Jungle Book. Both are amazing films. So, right. I mean, he's yep. obviously the guy you need to kickstart anything that you're doing in the movie world. But, I mean, give I will the man say this. Give the, give, give the man the keys and let him do his work. I will say this, though. Um, for all the people who thought we were lying when we reported that Hugh Jackman was no longer Scar... I hope Disney telling you that he's no longer Scar kind of seeps in your brains. But, Dane, what are your thoughts about the cast? Uh, I love the cast. I think it's brilliant. Um, I I love every one of the actors of the roles that they play. I think that they're going to do a great job. Obviously, I don't know the child actors, but, I mean, other than that, I mean, John Oliver Zazu, uh, you know, James Earl Jones back as Mustafa. You got Donald Glover as Simba. The two things I want to address is a little bit of Dane rants. I know that we don't have much time, but it's uh, to people out there that have a problem with this movie. Uh, Nick was alluding to it. If you're saying them making this movie is, it's ruining my childhood. Your childhood must have sucked, okay? I did a lot more fucking shit than watch The Lion King back when I was a kid, okay? I went out to a creek and shit, and guess what? Here's some advice. You don't want to ruin your childhood? Don't watch the movie and watch the DVD that you, you better own over and over again, because there's your fucking movie. Sorry. Also, Beyonce. Why is Beyonce in this? If you have a problem with Beyonce being cast in the role, it's a live, it's basically animation. It's not, it, 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 none of these actors are going to be performing within it. They're doing a voiceover role, and she can sing her ass off. If you have a problem with that, you're thin-brained. I got an argument with someone that was like, oh, well, like, I don't mind John Favreau's uh, Jungle, no, they said Jungle Book. And I'm like, but you have a problem with this. You realize the same director's doing this. No. Okay, you're an idiot. Quit freaking commenting. Maybe I need to co- stop going in the comment sections on Facebook. I don't know. I'm just saying, quit your bitching. John Favreau is amazing. Jungle Book was great. And if you don't like the fact that they're doing this over again, just don't fucking watch it. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You heard it here first. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, to anyone who is against the Beyonce casting, I just I, I say this. Find someone better uh, for the role then. Uh, a lot of people like to make a lot of wild claims, and then when you ask them, well, who would you pick? Oh, I don't know. Then probably stop complaining. Uh, Shannon, what are your thoughts on this cast? I am completely 100% okay with Beyonce. Her voice is like honey, and I think it will be delightful to my ears when I watch the movie. Enough said. Um, I mean, the <laughs> cast, James Earl Jones, Amazing. I'll see it. You could have them all be mute for all I care, as long as James Earl Jones is Mufasa. Um, <laughs> that's literally all I care about. Um, it would have been kind of cute if they had Jonathan Taylor Thomas as, like, old Simba, because he was young Simba in the original movie. But whatever, he probably sounds crazy right now. Um, but the cast being aside, I mean, everyone talks about the cast for this. And like Dane said, they're just doing voiceovers. Why are we talking about John Favreau more? That Jungle Book movie was amazing. I honestly loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I'm really excited to watch this with him doing it, 
he will make this successful, not the fact that they cast Beyonce. You know, I think that's kind of a whatever point. It's a good cast, greater director. Yep. I completely agree. Hey, I'm going to do Pumbaa. <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> and to everyone that's who cool. says, how come, they didn't, how come they didn't bring back the original cast? A lot of people have to remember directors like the freedoms to make their own films. They don't want to have to recreate yep. your childhood because that's what you want. Uh, now, a lot of people go, well, they brought James Earl Jones back. Yeah, because the only other person that could do a great Mufasa voice is freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Morgan Freeman. But I honestly would rather James Earl Jones uh, than, than Morgan Freeman <laughs> as my Mufasa. Yeah. So, I mean, you telling me that there's like no Darth one else Vader. on Earth that could be... Yeah, if you tell me there's no one else on Earth that could do a Scar voice, I'd tell you his name is Idris Elba. So there's plenty of other people that could do those other different roles, but James Earl Jones is and will always be Mufasa. Uh, Kanan, uh, pass it to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the cast? Uh, dude, I'm sitting here thinking of Morgan Freeman as uh, Mufasa, and I could just sit here. here I, it's going to be a terrible impersonation, but I could see him being like, Simba, this is your home right over here. I mean, it's just going to be, I mean, I, just, I don't that know. That was terrible. <laughs> James Earl. Next to you, Miss what was that? <laughs> the front porch of my Louisiana parish. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, <laughs> that's uh, Morgan so Freeman bad. from Shawshank Redemption. It was but, really uh, bad. <laughs> oh, man. But anyways, <laughs> no, uh, James Earl Jones has, you know, has the voice uh, for – uh, Mufasa. So, I mean, that, that's great. That's just like a little throwback to the original movie to bring him back. Uh, the rest of the cast, you know, for the most part, is still alive. But uh, I love the cast. Um, you did say, like, I don't care about Beyonce being cast. That's fine. You you said, who could you find better? I think Tandy Newton would have done a great job as Nala. Uh, I think she's a great actress. Uh, you know, you could have even got... That's yeah, a good Tandy choice. Newton. I like that. Yes, you could have even brought choice, in... Yeah, you could have even, uh, you know, brought in maybe uh, Zoe Saldana. But Tandy Newton, you know, was when, as soon as Juwan said that, I was sitting there thinking, oh, Tandy Newton, I think she would be great. Well, but, um, well, the biggest, the biggest thing about that is it's not, it, it's not like the Jungle Book to where you could just voice it. They're going to have to sing. Nala and Simba have scenes. Some of their biggest scenes are them singing. So if you're just bringing in someone who's a really good actress but can't sing – I do not want you to have one person act and one person sing. That's why I said, if you have an issue with Beyonce, you find me someone who can act, uh, well, who can give you that voice and sing. There's not that many other people. So that's why I said, if well, you're just looking, the- if, if, if Nala didn't have to sing, sure, we could find maybe a thousand other people who'd be better suited to be the voice of Nala. Uh, but as far as them being able to carry a tune, yeah, no. I don't think you can just say, yeah, call Zoe Zodana up and she'll she'll sing. She'll make something work. I don't think you could easily just do that. That's why Beyonce is just perfect for the role. Well, you okay, you got to go back to the cartoon then because you had Jonathan Taylor Thomas singing. You had Matthew Broderick singing. Uh, you had uh, the guy from uh, Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, I know Nathan Lane. He's been in Broadway shows. He sings. But a lot of actors who are don't have a singing background ha- can take lessons and come out and, and sing, you know, and do a part. I mean, you don't necessarily have to bring in 
you know, Beyonce's not just a singer. She is an actress, and that's fine. But I'm saying, like, Tandy Newton could probably learn the lines that come out and sing. You don't have to bring someone in that just has a singing background or can, you know, hit the notes. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Beyonce's going to be fine. I mean, people that are – I don't know why anybody's hating on that. I mean, it's the, – the cast is amazing from top to bottom. I mean, I don't know that you could find uh, a better cast. I think Seth Rogen is uh, – a Pumbaa is amazing. I think that's perfect. He, <laughs> I mean, he, yeah, yeah. He looks like Pumbaa in real life. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you don't even need to do motion capture. Just superimpose his face over the warthog, <laughs> wow. and you've got. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, I think the cast is great. I, I mean, I think you just have people that are just so picky. But like I said, it's just once the movie comes out, uh, you know, they'll see. And you're right, Joanna. John Favreau is amazing. That dude has he. If people have seen behind-the-scenes footage of how uh, Jungle Book was made, it was just that kid. I mean, I mean that kid and John Favreau, uh, you know, they're doing all the blue screen and the green screen stuff, and you know, they're. I mean, I don't see how that kid kept sane. I mean, just no one to really interact with. You know, puppets on Favreau's hand. I mean, but no, I'm excited for the movie. I, I think it's going to be a different tone. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as, you know, as cut like the um, the movie because if you've seen Jungle Book the cartoon, you've seen Jungle Book the movie, you saw that the movie was much different, uh, very dark, you know, even for a Disney movie um, with consequences and, and death, you know, and I think you're going to see that. And I think it may even have more of an impact. I mean, I still watch The Lion King now and get teary-eyed when Mufasa dies. I mean, now you got to see it in like, I'm on, like a real lion. I mean – I know it's CGI, but, I mean, now you got to see, like, a real lion. I mean, Donald Glover's amazing. I mean, not Donald Glover. Uh, yeah, Do- yeah, Donald Glover. Yeah, I was, first, I was thinking of Danny Glover at first. I was like, oh, I don't want to call him Danny Glover. But, uh, no, it's it's amazing cast. So, uh, let's I, – I don't know. I don't know about the Beyonce stuff. But, I mean, if you wanted to bring someone in, like I said, you could probably find another actress that could learn to sing or, you know, practice. Yeah, we're we're definitely me and you as far as that conversation. We're definitely going to continue that off air. I want to I, I want to talk more about that with you. But guys, this has been a great, great, great show. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Shannon. You did an amazing job. You had an amazing first show. Uh, you know, it was so much fun having you. Absolutely, absolutely. Shannon, yes, absolutely. So much fun. I enjoyed it. Um, Thank you very, very much. Absolutely. Did you want to say anything to close? Oh, I didn't know I had to have a closing statement. I have nothing witty. Oh, no, no, no. You don't. You don't. You don't. I just, if you wanted to say anything before we I don't have a nickname yet. (laughs) Let alone a slogan. We'll definitely get you one. We'll we'll get you one so you'll have a signing off name. Uh, We'll definitely get you one. Dane, Nick, Kanan, thank you guys so much uh, for, for joining us for this show. Um, Joel was not here today. Uh, he was celebrating his uh, daughter's birthday. Um, his daughter, Woo! a.k.a. Batgirl, the Geek Vibes family, is wishing you a happy birthday. Hope you had a very happy special birthday. one. Absolutely. Um, so, Joel will definitely be back with us next week. Stay tuned this upcoming week. We do have a special interview. Uh, scheduled this week for Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned for that. We also have, of course, uh, Full Court Press Wednesday, uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance Thursday, Geek TV on Friday, and as you obviously know, 
Geek Vibes Live every Sunday. So stay tuned, guys. We have a full week ahead and uh, scheduled for you. And again, thank everybody for a great episode of Geek Vibes Live. And go Knicks. Hey, yo. Peace out. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.